This episode is supported by Active Skin Repair. Active Skin Repair is a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. I just randomly... Vinny was having a toe skin irritation issue and he ended up having this like skin that was really irritating him and it was getting kind of like icky and you know like when kids start to get like little scabs and scratches and then they want to pick at it and it was getting worse and so active skin repair showed up on my doorstep as a result of the sponsorship and I got to put it to use immediately and I got the ointment formula or the like ointment formulation and then also the spray and the spray was perfect so Vinny does not like ointmenty creamy lotiony things on his body but I was able to get out the spray, literally took it out of the packaging the day it arrived, put it on his toe before he went to bed. And the next morning he was like, mom, my toe's all better. It was literally like this super amazing cure that helped his toes so quickly. So you can use active skin repair on a wide range of skin issues, including cuts, scrapes, burns, sunburns, rashes, other types of skin damage. It's totally safe, non-toxic, suitable on all types of skin, even parts of the body where you might have rosacea or eczema or have acne prone skin. This is also safe for the youngest members of your family up to the oldest. So now you have one simple solution for your family's skin health needs. With over 500 thousand happy customers and thousands of five-star reviews and super safe and clean ingredients, active skin repair is something that you want to have on hand for your family. So to get your own active skin repair, go to activeskinrepair.com to learn more about active skin repair and get 20% off your order when you use the code shameless. That's activeskinrepair.com. Use the code shameless for 20% off your order. Activeskinrepair.com, code shameless. This is the Shameless Mom Academy, episode 307. Show notes for this episode, including any links mentioned in the episode, as well as any discount codes from our sponsors, can be found by going to shamelessmom.com and clicking on episode 307. Welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm your host, Sarah Dean. I'm here to give you and other passionate, driven, unapologetic moms tools, resources, and a little bit of humor to help you lead more positive, powerful, and purposeful lives every damn day. One of the best things about the Shameless Mom Academy is our community. So be sure to join us in our free private Facebook group to connect with other shameless moms just like you. You can find us over at shamelessmom.com forward slash Facebook. All right, let's dive into today's episode. Mamas, the rumors are true. Shameless MomCon is coming to Seattle, Washington on April 26th and April 27th. And I want you to be there. I could not be more excited to bring this event to you. Moms have been saying to me for probably two or more years now, where do you find the right events to go to? How do you find mom events? How do you find conferences that light you up? You're always talking about going to these things. Well, so I'm creating my own for you to come to. I'm creating my own event for the Shameless Mom community, where we get to do all the cool things that you do at a conference. You will be inspired, you will be motivated, you will be pumped up and fired up after this. I promise you, this is going to be a life-giving event. You will laugh, you will cry, you will connect with other Shameless Moms, you will leave with new friends. It is going to be phenomenal. So this life-changing event is for Shameless Moms who want to learn how to take more confident and courageous action every damn day, who want to create more joy and more opportunities to live in your zone of genius and stop doing crap that you suck at, who want to rewrite the stories that are keeping you stuck in your struggles, who want to develop a stronger sense of identity outside of motherhood and marriage, and who want to build relationships with other shameless moms. So I understand that Seattle might be a little bit far from your house. 
This is how it works when you go to a conference. You get on airplanes, you get in a car, you take a train, you take a bus. Like, I don't care how you get here, just get here. I sound like a Dr. Seuss book now. But seriously, I want you to figure out how to get yourself here. Be a resourceful grown up and figure out how to get yourself to this life changing event, especially if you're someone who's been saying, I don't ever get to go to these kinds of things. I've never been to a mom conference. I've never been to something like this. I never go to a workshoppy kind of thing with other moms. This is your chance. So figure out a way to get yourself to Seattle on April 26th and 27th. I will tell you, this is going to be a small, intimate event. I have space for about 50 mamas. I got a smaller room because I want us to be able to have intimate conversations and connections. So here's what you got to do. If you are interested in learning more, the invitations are still being made. So if you want to be invited, as soon as I have the invitation page done, you need to get on my wait list now today. So go to shamelessmom.com slash momcon. That's M-O-M-C-O-N. Shamelessmom.com slash momcon con to get on the shameless mom con wait list. Once you're on the wait list, you will get the first access as soon as the invitations are ready to go out. So you will get immediate access when tickets are ready and you will get early bird pricing on tickets and admission as well. So you need to be on that wait list. Okay. So get it on the calendar. Tell the fam I'm going to be in Seattle on April 26th and 27th. I cannot wait to have you here. This is going to be ridiculously fun and life-changing. Hello, mamas. Happy Monday. I'm so happy to be in your ear today or in your speakers. Wherever my voice is coming from, I'm so happy that we are together. So I hope that your day is off to a good start. I hope your week is off to a good start. I'm dying over this episode because we're talking about adaptability and I am having to be adaptable today and record in a totally different setup than normal because I'm having some tech issues which had become a complete nightmare and disaster. And I was like, oh, of course, of course, the universe is going to give me a lesson here and make me have to be adaptable for my episode on adaptability. Like, let's just make me practice what I preach a little bit more. So this will be fun and entertaining, hopefully for you, because I'm going to do my best to laugh through it rather than be really frustrated, which is kind of how I was feeling before I realized how ironic the connection is that I'm recording this today. So before we dive into that, I want to talk about our Shameless Mom of the Week. So Shameless Mom of the Week nominations always come from our reviews in Apple Podcasts, and you can leave a review there. If you go to shamelessmom.com forward slash review, that puts you right into our Apple Podcasts or iTunes portal. And if you're doing it on your phone, it's super simple. When you get into that link, you just scroll down to ratings and reviews, and then you can leave five stars. And then here's the good part. I want you to let me know how the show has impacted your life and how the show has positively impacted you, because that is how I choose the Shameless Mom of the Week. So Shameless Mom of the Week this week is Pargis22. I'm not sure that I'm saying that name correctly, because screen names are funny and hard to recognize sometimes. But anyways, she says, I I found that some podcasts can get old very quickly. Not this one. Sarah and the Shameless Mom Academy have helped me get through my busiest work season without it feeling overwhelming. She always has great input on topics or things happening today, and also a great variety of guests and interviews that I look forward to every week. I've listened to almost all of the episodes, and I do not know what I will do when I finish them all. Thank you for inspiring us every week and for the 15-minute manifest that has definitely changed the start and mood to my every day. Also, thanks for the great book recommendations. So I love this. And I agree, like some podcasts do get 
old. And I think sometimes I was actually just having a conversation about this in Momentum Mamas. We were talking about sometimes people come into your life for a reason or a season or a lesson or a lifetime. And I think that there's definitely shows and this would go for podcasts or, you know, TV shows, whatever, where there's times where you're like, oh, that really resonates right now. And then sometimes you outgrow it or evolve past it or find something better or whatever. That doesn't happen with the Shameless Mom Academy. I don't get feedback along those lines, at least. I really do feel like you all continue to grow with me, and that makes it feel so great. And I just really appreciate that feedback because I feel like we are growing together, and I feel like the community just keeps getting stronger and more impactful to everyone who's involved. And I'm so, so deeply appreciative of that. I also wanted to point out that she mentioned the 15-minute manifest, and I've been getting some really great feedback about that recently, and I realized... I haven't shared it with you in a while. So the 15-minute manifest is a 15-minute routine that I recommend you do first thing in the morning. And it's a freebie that I have for you. Like you all can download this and put it to use right away. And I get feedback almost daily probably about how impactful and positive this is in Shameless Mama's lives. So if you want to get your hands on the 15-minute manifest, pop over to shamelessmom.com slash 15mm for minute manifest. So 15mm. That's shamelessmom.com slash 15mm. And you can download the 15-minute manifest and it will walk you through exactly what to do to kick off your day in the most powerful, purposeful, productive way. It's really, really helpful. And I'll let you in on a little secret. You can do the 15-minute manifest in like three minutes if you don't have 15 minutes. So it's adaptable. It's adaptable, just like this episode. So with that said, thank you, Parjas22, for your review. I so appreciate you. And now let's just dive right in to all this adaptability conversation. So let me just start with the story of like what is happening in my setup. So if you follow me on social media, you know that I got this beautiful new computer and I'm just so excited about it. And there's been so many funny little things because I got the computer and then as does happen with Apple products, I got it and my husband's like, oh, well, you're going to need to order like this adapter and this special plug and like all these things so that you can use it with like my secondary monitor and all these different pieces of tech that I have. So I was like, oh, cool. So I have this computer and now I have to order another like $250 worth of gear so that I can use the computer because Apple's plugs are not adaptable, by the way. So every piece of equipment, every upgrade has like, it's either new plugs and new ports or whatever, or they just take some of them out. So like the new computer doesn't have a USB port in it, which is fantastic because I need like three of them for my current setup. So I had to order all this stuff and it took like two weeks. So I had this beautiful computer that I was just like showing off on the internet (laughs) as my new baby, but I couldn't use it. So I finally got all of the stuff to be able to plug in all of the things and make it actually be adaptable. And I get her all ready to go and I use it for two days and I'm like, oh, it's so great and I love it. And then I got hit with some sort of weird like virus thing on Chrome and I clicked on something. And I like to think that I'm kind of savvy when it comes to the internet. Like I'm not the person that clicks on scams. Like that's what my mom does. (laughs) Nope. Nope, I clicked on something. And because I'm not even going to like walk you through, maybe I should tell you so you don't do it too. But anyways, I got this alert that was like, you have three viruses on your machine and it had the Apple logo on it. So it was like, you need to go into Apple right now and fix it, blah, blah, blah. So of course I'm like, oh my God, Apple is telling me this. So I need to click on it. Well, as soon as I started clicking around, I was like, oh wait, 
like, I think I would have gotten an email or something from Apple. I don't think I would get like a Chrome update. So I stopped and I called my husband in and he was like, what did you click on? And I was like, well, I clicked on the thing that says like scan my machine. He was like, no. (laughs) So we were able to take care of that by installing some software called clean my Mac. Well, clean my Mac, my husband who works in tech and is very smart and knows a ton of people who work in tech. He's like, this is what everyone uses. It's great. So I'm like, okay. So I run the software. The software wipes out GarageBand, which is what I use to record podcasts. So I have spent now two days on support with the Clean My Mac people because I cannot reinstall GarageBand on my computer. And I have done like a million things, a million steps and had a million tantrums over this. And finally, I was like, okay, so the silver lining is I am a very fortunate person and I have my old computer still. So I can set up my old computer and use the GarageBand software for recording podcasts and my ads and everything on my old computer. So I'm like, okay, you know, I should just consider myself lucky. Like how many people have a backup computer? Not that many. And also how lucky that like I didn't, because I'm probably going to sell this computer at some point. Like I don't really need two computers. And so I was like, how lucky that we haven't done that yet. And like, this is fine. Well, I will tell you, trying to work between two computers because I have a bunch of stuff on the new computer and a bunch of stuff on the old computer. And like my mic, if I hook it up to the old computer, I have to hold it in my hand because of the way my desk is set up right now. So like everything is just super wonky and I'm working with multiple keyboards and multiple mouses, mice, whatever. And it feels very awkward, frustrating and uncomfortable. And random things keep happening. Like I only have the plugs to charge one computer at a time and the old computer keeps losing its charge. So it's died on me multiple times while I'm recording. I mean, if this is not a test of one's patience, I don't know what is. This episode is supported by a podcast I want to share with you called Understood Explains. So this show is about navigating ADHD, dyslexia, and other learning and thinking differences, which can be so confusing. And so every uh, season of the show is around a different theme. So there's a season on special education, there's a season on ADHD diagnosis for adults, and the current season is all about IEPs. I love this podcast because the episodes are 10 to 15 minutes long. So if you are short on time or short on focus, you can take this content in super quickly, easily, It's very digestible, and the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert Juliana Urtube. So Juliana talks all about how to navigate educational plans, IEPs. She talks about the differences between IEPs and 504 plans. She really breaks things down in a really clear and simple way so that you have some of those questions that you might be thinking around, like, does this pertain to my child? Is this something I need to be looking into? Like, where do we go from here? Where do I go if I have questions? Juliana has you covered. She explains so many different things and so many different little pieces and nuance of IEPs and special education and different things on Understood Explains. So I want you to go check it out wherever you're listening to this podcast. You can go listen to Understood Explains. Just go into your podcast app, do a search for Understood Explains, and it will pop right up. Click on it, pick your episode, and get the answers that you've been looking for and the support that you need around different learning differences and differences in school. This episode is supported by AquaTrue. Having clean, safe water is the last thing you want to worry about. But unfortunately, according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, three out of four, yes, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants in their tap water. So that's why you got to check out AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers have a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process. And their countertop purifiers, which is what we have, take no installation or plumbing, and they remove 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters and they're specifically designed to combat 
chemicals like PFAS, which can lead to potentially adverse health effects like cancer, endocrine system disruption, and liver toxicity, which is part of what makes AquaTrue so special, unique, and important in terms of how they are able to filter water. They also have water purifiers to fit every type of home. So like the installation-free countertop purifier that we have at our house to higher capacity under sink options. They even have Wi-Fi connected purifiers and mineral boost options. So I'm so excited about our new AquaTrue. And here's the thing. I swear it's like a gentle reminder to actually drink more water every time you walk into your kitchen. So we are drinking more water now and also more clean water. So more water that is more clean. It feels like a double win. I'm feeling pretty impressed with us. I feel like sink water, tap water becomes invisible at a certain point. And when I see the purifier on my counter, it's like many time a day reminder to like, keep drinking, keep drinking. So I want you to check out AquaTrue for yourself and for your family. AquaTrue comes with a 30 day money back guarantee and that makes it a great gift as well. Today, my listeners, can receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com. That's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com and enter the code SHAMELESS at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com and use the code SHAMELESS, S-H-A-M-E-L-E-S-S, AquaTrue.com code SHAMELESS. And the most hilarious part is that the Clean My Mac people were like, don't worry, we'll refund you. Great. Thanks for my $39 back. I'm like, can I get two days of my life back, please? Because I have spent so much time on support and so much time trying to reboot and reinstall on this new machine. And they're like, oh, I said, that's great. Thank you. But also, do you recognize that like you have completely crippled my ability to work for two days because your software wiped out software on my machine? And they were like, well, sorry, like that's the maximum refund we offer great. (laughs) Thanks. So I am more than happy to let you all know, do not use clean my Mac software on your machine. And I'm also happy to report that I have been really working on being adaptable through this and practicing what I'm going to be preaching in this episode. So I think it's actually really helpful that I had this little crisis (laughs) while I was preparing for this episode because these are great reminders. And these are the things like this happens a lot. And I was laughing with someone about this the other day that there's a lot of times when coaches, people in my situation have to practice our own tools on ourselves. And it's super hard. And we're like really annoyed. And so people will say like, are you just always in a good mood? Are you just always, you know, finding your way to like solve every problem and keep your life positive? No, the truth is no, I'm not. But I'm always working to be as flexible as I need to be so that I can have a good day every damn day. Like it doesn't improve my life to not use my skills on myself. And so I really am always trying to use my skills on myself because it makes my life better. So I hope that you can all remember that as well, that when you use these skills as you're learning them, and you practice them on a regular basis, it enhances and improves your life. So yes, it can feel like a little bit of work, like, oh, this is annoying. I need to go find three things to be grateful for right now when I'm just super cranky. But also that's really valuable because the more you practice using that skill, just like using a muscle, the more your body immediately goes there the next time you need that as a resource. And it's really, really helpful. And so now when I have these days where I'm just like, oh my gosh, like, Am I on candid camera? Because this many ridiculous things cannot be happening to me at once. I am able to quickly then pull myself back into like, okay, wait, like, what do you have working in your favor? How can you be flexible and adaptable, et cetera? So, and you're going to hear, by the way, you're going to hear a lot of dinging in this episode because 
that's my new computer, which keeps going to sleep on me (laughs) while I'm recording. And I have to keep turning it back on or waking it up to get my notes. So, I mean, we're just going to roll with this adaptability. It's just a fun adventure. It's totally fine. So I want to start with talking a little bit about perfectionism and adaptability, because if you are a perfectionist, motherhood will kick your butt in the worst ways. I think that motherhood laughs in the face of perfectionism over and over and over because motherhood requires you to give up control of everything. You give up control, like from day one, you give up control of when you eat, when you sleep, when you shower, how clean your house is, when you get your work done, how to manage others. Like babies are not manageable and neither are husbands usually in most cases. You give up control over how to manage emotions because a tired hormonal mama has no emotional regulation. You give up control of your body, how it looks and how it feels. I know for me, I had like boob issues and vagina issues and body image issues after I had Vinny. So postpartum, I was like, I could not believe the wreck that my body was. And I didn't have like any major trauma that the average person doesn't have. I was just like, whoa, like what is happening in all these places? Like nobody warned me about like peeing myself every time I stand up or about, you know, getting clogged ducts and having mastitis and ending up in the emergency room. So those kinds of things are actually really, really common and nobody told me about them. So I was not prepared as a perfectionist and a high achiever. I was not prepared to give up control of everything. I very much thought that there'd be some things I had to figure out and I would figure them out quickly and be able to like have a little formula for like, well, when A plus B happens, then I will do C and that will equal D, that everything is just fine again. And it wasn't like that at all. There was no formula and I repeatedly had to let go and give up the idea that like what I did yesterday might work, what I did five years ago might work. It was like, no, every day is a new game and every day you get to figure it out all over again. And it might be like this for a really, really long time. And I had a friend finally tell me at one point and she had kids who were, she had, I think a six month old when Vinny was born and like a three and a half year old. And she's like, you know, you have to remember that everything is a phase. And she said, so that's comforting because when you're in a hard phase, you're like, okay, but it's just a phase. And like most phases at worst are three months long and often they're shorter. So I was like, okay, even though three months seems like a lifetime right now. But then she said, that's good and bad. Like some phases you're like, oh, thank God, this is not going to last that long. And then other phases you're like, but wait, I just figured this out and now it's going to flip again. Because oftentimes you feel like by the time you get the phase figured out and you get your systems dialed in and you're like, now I do have a formula for this. A plus B does equal C. Then it all changes. And you're like, great. Now I have to find a new formula. So motherhood really forced me to give up that identity as a perfectionist and identity as a high achiever. And that was really, really hard, but also helpful and freeing. And I think a lot of it is that you can't control any of it and you're supposed to actually be enjoying some of it. And that feels impossible for a perfectionist because a perfectionist can really only enjoy things on his or her own terms. And so it felt very hard for me to enjoy those early phases of motherhood because I didn't have any control over them. And 
I wanted things to be on my terms. So I was like, okay, well, as soon as I figure out this feeding thing, which if you've heard my story, took me a really long time to figure out, like the better part of the first six months. I was like, well, as soon as I figure that out, then I can start enjoying this. Or as soon as I figure out this sleeping thing, then I can enjoy it. Like I felt like I had to be able to figure out the formula before I could find the joy. Like that's not the way it works. You can try to make it work that way, but it's not going to be enjoyable. That's just a lot of like... (laughs) That's just a lot of energy around trying to manage and control things that you can't manage and control. So as soon as I started letting go of things, I was actually able to enjoy more things. Part of this happened with nursing. At a certain point, I gave up the idea that I could actually wear a bra because I kept getting clogged ducts. Like it was just an ongoing thing. So I was like, okay, so I'm probably not going to wear a bra for like four months. And I will tell you that my boobs were so big, like it was offensive to not wear a bra. So I was like, okay, so I'm basically not leaving the house because I mean, it's out of control. And when I wrapped my head around that though, and I was like, okay, so like right now I'm not getting out much and that's going to be okay. I'm not going to be one of those moms who like gets dressed and is going to target to like with the baby and the ergo. That was not me. I was the mom who was at home in pajamas and a button down shirt so that I could unbutton and nurse my baby at any given time with no bra on peeing my pants. Every time I stood up for months, for months, this was my story. And I finally just gave up trying to make it different. And when that happened, when I gave up trying to make that different, then I was like, cool. So now I can just lay on the couch and take a nap because I'm not even trying to take a shower today. (laughs) And that actually started to help a lot because then I was like, okay, so if I'm going to lay on the couch and take a nap, like I'm just going to sit here and enjoy the heck out of these baby snuggles. And I actually started napping a lot with Vinny because I was like, well, I don't have to shower. I don't have to get dressed. I'm not going anywhere. And so I would feed him and then we would just like lay there and rest and nap. And I would watch TV. I had like a whole TV system worked out. Like in the morning I was watching at the time it was Kelly and Michael. And then in the afternoon I was watching Ellen. And then I was watching HGTV in the middle there. And like I had this whole routine around like watching my shows because I was like, I got to give into this and then I can start enjoying it. And I actually at one point was like, what am I going to do when it's like no longer appropriate for me to be watching Ellen every day? Because I actually need to be like getting some work done because I was kind of like, I was into the flow of like, who are the guests next week? Like I got to be there for it. So becoming more adaptable really allowed me to feel more joy and feel more contentment and find the magic of motherhood in so many different ways. So this carries over as your kids get older too. And definitely as you add more kids, for those of you who have added more kids, for sure you're going to feel the benefits of being more adaptable. But even for those of you who have, maybe your kids are a little older and you have more space and grace for yourself. I mean, I'm definitely feeling like that as Vinny is in kindergarten now and he's just able to play independently and he enjoys playing independently. Like not all the time. There's still plenty of times where he wants me to play Star Wars with him, which is my least favorite game to play. (laughs) But there's still plenty of time like that. But there's definitely more opportunities for us to all have our own things going on in the household, which is really, really nice. But that doesn't mean that there aren't still plenty of opportunities for me to have to be adaptable in motherhood. And I think that anyone who has kids at home can relate to that. And I know that's going to change over time too. I know at a certain point, my adaptability is going to be around 
like sports schedules and carpool schedules. And that's going to be a struggle for me because when I'm having to run him multiple places, I'm going to be like, but wait a minute, don't you understand? Like I work from three to five. How dare you ask me to take you to soccer practice three times a week? <laughs> you know, So I know that that's going to be probably my next layer of adaptability is as he becomes more mobile in activities, there's going to be more demands on my time right now I can kind of keep him like squared away at school and in after school care so that I can work full time and not have my time super interrupted for which I'm very grateful. So, okay, let's talk about how to become more adaptable, like some specifics around this. And I'm going to give you six pointers here. So there's six ways that you can become more adaptable in your daily life. And this actually, I want to thank some moms in, I think it was in Momentum Mamas that this came up, but some mamas that were specifically talking about struggling with adaptability and struggling, especially with littles, like under the age of three, struggling, like when there's a plan and feeling like, okay, so here's the plan and this is what I'm going to do. And this is what my partner's going to do. And here's what the kids are going to do. And nap time is at this time and meal times are at this time. And then something happens and the plan falls apart because when that happens, that's where it can feel overwhelming. And you can quickly go into this place of, now my day is ruined or the weekend is ruined or the trip is ruined and nobody understands. And often in many cases, our partners maybe can be more flexible than us and they don't understand how this is like how they're ruining everything by making a last minute change. Or they maybe just don't relate on the same level as you in terms of like, you know, if the child does not nap today, like your partner might be like, well, whatever. And I know for me, I was like, oh no, like nap time is a religious experience. Like it is happening on a daily basis without negotiation. And the few, Vinny luckily was a very good napper, but on the few occasions that it didn't happen, I was like beside myself. I was literally like, I don't know how I will survive today. What do I do with myself if I don't have a break from one to 3 p.m.? How does one function in that realm? Like I literally didn't know that was very hard for me. Whereas my husband would be like, well, I guess we don't get a break. You know, like he could roll with that a lot more easily than I could. So here's six ways to practice becoming more adaptable. The first is to try to anticipate where and how things can go sideways. And so I know this is something that I really, really practiced a lot the first couple of years. And I think that it probably annoyed my husband because especially as if we had any trips or we were trying to do things on the weekend, anything like that, I was constantly like, okay, well, we can go do that thing, but are we going to be home by this time? Because we have to be home for a meal and then we have to be home for a nap. And I was always looking like 13 steps ahead. And he was like, can we just go do the thing? And I was like, no, no, no. Like, you don't understand. If we go do the thing, there's like this trickle down effect or this potential fallout. If we don't do the thing at the right time in the right way on the right schedule <laughs> with the right snacks, like all these things. So I was always trying to be a few steps ahead to anticipate where and how things might go sideways and what was the backup plan. And so for us, I know I can think of multiple road trips that we took from Seattle to Portland where I was like, okay, we're leaving the house at this time. Here's where I'm going to have to stop and nurse the baby. If there's traffic, here's the backup plan. If we need to stop and eat for ourselves, and this was an ongoing issue because my husband didn't always like to eat at the times that Vinny needed to stop and nurse. And I was like, dude, I have not eaten a meal when I wanted to eat it since he's been born. So I think you can eat like a burger 20 minutes earlier than you were planning on. <laughs> and so I had to anticipate where things would go sideways and how I was going to handle it. And if I anticipated that he would tell me on a road trip, well, I'm not quite hungry yet. Let's just wait 30 more minutes, which would require an extra stop. I had to anticipate like, okay, 
is that something that I can like grin and bear it? Or do I need to say like, hey, we're stopping right now and I'd really appreciate it if you ate. And please do not make us make an extra stop for you to eat in 30 minutes because that's when you feel a little bit more hungry. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously and 6-1 since that matters. And what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Oh, hey, everybody. It's us, Blair and Molly, your old pals from Toddler Purgatory. Two moms who are also actors, who are also creative beings, who sometimes feel stuck. And now we're back with a whole new podcast about unsticking it, launching in January. What happens when life gets in the way of our creativity instead of nourishing it? We talk to all sorts of guests about how to break through the mucky, gluey, sticky wall that can get between you and your creativity. We hear about their journeys, their successes, their challenges, and even their bougie coffee shop orders. So join us, won't you, as we deep dive into how to unstick ourselves from the life gunk that can get in the way of our creative freedom. Get out of there, life gunk. Let us help you get back to your best creative self. Look for Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. Wherever you listen to podcasts starting in January. Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. Because sometimes life sucks. Unsticking It. So that was a big one for me, trying to anticipate where and how things might go sideways. So then secondary to that would be our second step here to becoming more adaptable is having backup plans. Have a backup plan. I would constantly, and I still do this a lot, having a backup plan. Like that's keeping snacks in your car, having extra shoes, like knowing your kid well enough to know, okay, if they're not going to be home in time for a nap, could you hop on the freeway and stay driving for a little longer for them to sleep in the car? Like those kinds of things can be really, really crucial, really essential. So having that backup plan, if you know you're going to be out for a long day with your older kids, could you bring the stroller so the younger one could sleep in the stroller? It's just that kind of stuff. And a lot of you are like, yeah, I already do that. Because here's the thing. We are forced to become more adaptable as a function of motherhood. And so we immediately go to those places of, okay, what's plan B? Plan B might not be the fun plan. So I also want to really impress upon you If you have something that you're really, really looking forward to, so maybe you have a date night or maybe you have a trip or a getaway or something, be looking ahead for like, okay, what could go sideways here and what's my backup plan? So like the first time you go to Disneyland, which by the way, I'm holding off on that for as long as possible. My child doesn't even consider that that is an option for our family at this point. So I'm hoping I have a few more years. But can you consider like where could things go sideways and what's the backup plan? If all the lines are two hours long, what is the backup plan? Does one of us stand in line while the other one takes the kids back to the hotel for a nap? Like those kinds of things. Because if we only have expectations of things going the way we plan for, it's so much harder to be adaptable. So it's so important that you're like, okay, so here's plan A and here's plan B. And being sure that your plan B, while it might be a compromise, is something that you can live with and you can roll with. And that can be really, really helpful. The third part, now this is where things get a little harder. The third way that you can become more adaptable is to look for silver linings when plans change. And I will tell you, this takes a ton of practice. And this is like my example here with the computer the last few days. If you can look for silver linings when plans change, your adaptability game will 
evolve and grow by leaps and bounds, and you will be more and more unstoppable in your daily functioning. So my example is with this whole computer disaster this week, I've been like, wow, I'm so grateful that I have a second computer. You know, like I already explained to you all, what are the chances? Like I haven't gotten rid of the old computer. I can still use it for recording. How lucky am I? So really looking at those silver linings. I think that my husband gets annoyed with me at this point now because when he gets frustrated by things, I'm like the Pollyanna. And so he'll be like, oh my gosh, like this went wrong and this went wrong. And I'm like, yeah, but look how great this other thing didn't go wrong. How lucky are we? (laughs) He's like, can I just have my moment of sulking, please? So looking for silver linings becomes almost like a survival technique or a survival skill when you are someone who struggles with adaptability or struggles with perfectionism. Being able to find those silver linings and those little things, whether it's something that is helpful or something that just makes you laugh, but being able to find that silver lining when you have to be adaptable, when plans change, when the unexpected happens, makes all the difference. And I know for me, even with big things, I remember my mom had a minor heart attack a couple of years ago, but I remember immediately, like I felt so helpless. She lives on the other side of the state from me. And I was like, okay, do I need to like get on a plane today? You know, all these things. And I had to look at the silver linings. Like she's in the hospital. They're saying she's going to be fine. I have multiple aunts already over there who live near her, who were at the hospital with her. She has a ton of support over there, actually more support than she would have if she was here in Seattle. Because initially my thought was like, oh my gosh, she's over there. What if if she lived over here? This wouldn't even be a problem. And I had to look for the silver linings of the silver linings are she actually has a ton of support over there. She already got great care. There's people at the hospital with her right now, family members and friends who are able to meet her needs more quickly and more immediately than even if I was in Seattle than I would be able to do. Finding the silver linings in that situation really helped me shift my perspective and help me feel less helpless, which really, really helped a ton. So the next step, number four here, is when you're looking to become more adaptable, ask for recovery time so that you have phases when you can be in control. What I mean by this, and let me kind of dive in and explain it, asking for recovery time means that you look ahead in your schedule or in situations to know okay, I can tell this weekend's going to be really busy or this week is going to be really hectic. Here's where I'm building in some time where I will get to exhale. And that makes a huge difference. So for me, when taking on that perspective and asking for support in that way actually changed how we did childcare in our household. So we had a nanny for a year and a half and she was amazing and I loved her. But when I decided to put Vinny in childcare outside of our home, it really gave me more focused time and helped me feel more in control of what I was doing with my work. And while I had initially really loved the idea of working from home with my child in the house, I found that I was way more functional and focused with him out of the house. So that was my way of asking for recovery time. It could look like a lot of different things for you. Your recovery time might be like, you know, you and your partner every weekend trade off. Like, you know, I get Saturdays from 10 to noon and he gets Sundays from four to six or something like that. Or maybe it's like every Thursday is girls night or date night or book club or whatever, but some sort of built in recovery time so that you know when you have those phases when you can feel in control and you get to exhale a little bit. And also, so there's going to be times where you can like have that automatically scheduled, but also looking at, you know, going into a vacation, for example, or going into a time like we just are coming off of winter vacation here or Christmas vacation, when you know, like my child is not going to be in 
normal care or school for a couple weeks. So I know I need to build in some time for me to have some space in that situation. So what does that look like? Does it mean that you and your partner trade days, taking days off to be at home? Does it mean that you, you know, maybe you book a few days away as a family so that you're not just solely home with the kids during that time? And if you book a few days away with the family, what are your needs during that time? If you book a ski vacation, you know, maybe it's essential for you to like every day we all watch a movie every afternoon when we get off the mountain. I know that so we've been doing in ski lessons is that like we have built in recovery time where we're like, we've agreed like we are not coming home after ski lessons and parenting or making food. So literally like we drive home from the mountain, we decide on what the movie is going to be for the night. We get home, we order pizza and we lay on the couch for like five hours. <laughs> Vinny doesn't lay on the couch for five hours. He lays on the couch for like two or three hours. Vince and I lay on the couch for like five hours. It's like we are wiped out. We are old people who require a lot of recovery time when we get done with mountain sports. So we're really clear on that. That like, and also my husband, we were laughing. He's like, so I'm assuming we're like not having any date nights on ski lesson days. And I was like, oh yeah, definitely not. Like I am not going to come home and take a shower after skiing all day or snowboarding and then like put on nice clothes and go to a restaurant. Are you kidding me? (laughs) That is not happening. So Asking for that recovery time in situations like knowing on the mountain, I don't have any control. Like I have to be pretty adaptable to the weather circumstances, to how often I fall on my snowboard, like all these things. So I know that when I come home, I'm not going to be in a place where I can be super adaptable. I'm going to need recovery time. That's been really key and really helpful for us to decide as a family how we're going to manage that. The next piece of this, the fifth piece is planning designated time blocks that are just yours on a regular basis. So I kind of covered some of this already, but having these designated time blocks that are just for you on a regular basis, even if it's just taking a shower or going to Target and running errands, but having time that's just for you, where you don't have three kids in the bathroom with you while you're pooping, where you don't have three kids running up and down the aisles with you at the grocery store. So when can you have those designated time blocks and make sure that every Everyone in the family is on board with when that's going to happen, how it's going to happen, how everyone needs to be supportive of each other. I think those designated time blocks are super, super important. So those are kind of like the week to week, like here's my designated time from week to week. Whereas before asking for that recovery time might be more of the kind of the incidental situations that are not happening on such a recurring basis. And then the sixth piece of this, the sixth piece is I want you to really work on building an identity around being adaptable and going with the flow, even if you're completely faking it. And this is the truth with anything. Anytime you're trying to incorporate a new component into your identity, a lot of it is faking it till you make it. I used to say this all the time with people who were starting out running. They were like, well, when do I get to call myself a runner? I was like, so after the first time you go running, you're now a runner and you're a runner from there on out. And so really start embracing like I'm a runner and I run three days a week, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 6am or whatever that is. So I want you to start identifying as being adaptable. Like I'm an adaptable person. I can go with the flow. Now you might know in the back of your mind, oh my gosh, I'm so not adaptable. This is like my biggest struggle in life. And that's okay. But recognize that you are working on creating an identity around being adaptable and you will start to do that. But you really have to embrace it as part of your identity. I would say the same thing about me, you know, embracing an identity as a writer or a speaker. 
I literally just started telling people that that's what I was. <laughs> like I put it on my email signature line and I was like, so now I'm a speaker. <laughs> so you don't have to wait for an invitation or for the universe to tell you that like you now get to be a certain thing. You get to just decide that you are that thing and then you will behave accordingly. So if you decide that you want to be an adaptable person, you start telling yourself you're adaptable. You start giving yourself permission to go with the flow. It might be really hard and uncomfortable and you might not enjoy it at all, but you keep telling yourself, I'm adaptable. I can totally, I'm fine. I'm fine with this last minute change. I'm adaptable. I can do this. And what you will find is that over time, you will become more fine with it. You will become more adaptable and that's going to really help you. So then down the road, when things get thrown your way last minute, there's last minute changes, then you're like, cool. Like I roll with the punches now. I mean, I will tell you, my friends who knew me in college laugh at how adaptable I am now compared to how I used to be. I have a story that I have told over the years about having a tantrum when I was 22. I was a senior at Gonzaga University and I came home for Christmas vacation and my mom and my sister and I were going to go out to dinner and I literally laid in the middle of the hallway on the floor crying because my mom and my sister outvoted me on what restaurant we were going to go to for dinner and I could not adapt. That was my world at 22 years old. I was so not adaptable. And so my friends who knew me back then and who have known me since then, they're like, you're not even the same person. Like, who are you now? How did you stop being that like obnoxiously anal person? I'm telling you, it's been 25 years of telling myself I can be more adaptable. I can go with the flow. I can be spontaneous. And it still is not easy for me, but I've gotten so much better at it. So it's a lot of mindset work and a lot of thought work and really putting the time into deciding what you want your identity to be and deciding how easy do you want your life to be? Do you want your life to be hard and uncomfortable all the time because you can't be flexible and adaptable? Probably not. So really embracing your identity around being adaptable, around being able to change as things shift in your world, as they inevitably will every damn day in motherhood, that's going to help you a ton. So I hope this was helpful. Please share this episode with other mamas you might know who are struggling with being adaptable, who are just struggling. If you know a mama who's like just having kind of a phase of motherhood that feels really challenging, this might be the thing that could really help them out. So I would really appreciate you sharing out the episode and spreading the word of adaptability today. I'm going to get going and just, you know, manage my two computers some more, plug some things in and unplug some other things and just enjoy being adaptable today. And I hope that you do too. Thank you so much for joining me in the Shameless Mom Academy today. I really, really appreciate you being here and I hope you learned something new. As always, this conversation will be continued over in our free private Facebook group. You can join that group by going to shamelessmom.com forward slash Facebook to connect with other shameless moms just like you. Additionally, if this is your first time listening to the show, know that we are here every Monday and Wednesday with a brand new episode. So make sure you subscribe, go to whatever podcast app you use and subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. You can do that directly if you go to shamelessmom.com forward slash review that will put you in Apple Podcasts where you can click on the subscribe button and you can also leave a review. If you scroll down a little bit, you can leave a five-star review. You can write a few sentences letting me know what you thought about the show. If you let me know how the show has impacted you in becoming a more shameless mom, you might be nominated to be shameless mom of the week. 
Also, please share this episode. My goal is to help more mamas be more shameless every damn day. So please do share this episode. You can take a screenshot of the episode on your phone and then share it out on social media. Tag me at the Shameless Mom Academy on Facebook or Instagram. I'm quick to reply and eager to send you Facebook love and love to be connected to all of you. So again, thank you for being here. I can't wait to be back here again with you in just a couple days. And until then, no matter what you do today, make sure you do it shamelessly. I'm Margaret. And I'm Amy. And together we host the podcast, What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. Margaret, I would say you're sort of a where are my keys kind of mom. Correct. Sometimes a where are my kids kind of mom. (laughs) Well, you're Amy more of a we were supposed to leave 35 seconds ago, mom. I mean, touche. In each episode of What Fresh Hell, we come at a topic from our usually completely opposite perspectives. I bring the research. And I bring kind of the gimlet eye. Like, is that research really going to work, people? And almost 10 million downloads later, we're still laughing. We also talk to experts in the parenting field, plus parents with stories we can all learn from. We make each other laugh, we challenge each other's assumptions, and we have what we think is the best parenting community on the internet. Check out What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood wherever you listen to podcasts.